You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm in South Wales, and I'm joined by Joe Wood in Kent. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zoe. I'm great. You? Yes, I'm all right. Thank you. And today we are really delighted to be joined by Emma James. Emma is a bookkeeper and she runs a practice called The Number Ninja. Um, And Emma is also on our Bookkeeper Success Programme. We have decided that we wanted to talk to you about uh, helping our clients to help us to meet their deadlines today. But also we've uh, been talking to Emma lately and we found out about some really cool stuff that she's been doing in her business. And we just thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk to Emma about what she's been doing because I think her journey is quite inspirational. So before I get started, let me just tell you about where you can find us. So um, if you haven't already, come and join us in our free Facebook group, the um... Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. And um, if you're enjoying the podcast, and I think we're on like episode 28 now, um, if you're enjoying the podcast, come and leave us a review. Um, You can find us on iTunes and all the normal uh, podcast platforms. But um, it really helps other people to find the podcast. So if you are enjoying it, head over to iTunes, leave us a review and let us know what you think and share it, share it with your network. Um, Cool. Right. Before my mind goes blank again, Emma, (laughs) um, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Just finishing off all my VAT returns. So I've got those oh, well. all submitted. So <laughs> can I be very smug for the rest of the week? Well, before we go into detail about how you got people to send you everything on time, um, do you want to tell us a bit about your business and how you got started and how long you've been going and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I started four four years ago yesterday, in fact, actually. Um, and I retrained as a bookkeeper seven years ago um, and then spent three years in industry where I was, I always say I was in the finance team, I was the finance team um, for a medical communications company. Um, and it, after three years, it was time to to move on and do something else. Um, and when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, working in like you know working in like big corporate like that you're you're only ever really working with other finance teams and that was great but I really missed talking to people within the actual business um so thought I would give it a go um see how it went I gave myself six months um to make sure I could still afford rent and everything um and then still here (laughs) so yeah so yeah four years I work primarily with um service-based businesses and they are normally creatives and freelancers and I call them micro businesses so one or two directors normally no staff if any staff then it's a handful um and then they're my bread and butter if you like that they're my, the bulk of my clients and then my other niche are social enterprises and normally they are within the realm of equality of opportunity in a fairly broad sense um, and I try and have about five or six of those on the books at any at any one time and that's that side is really because I enjoy working with those but they are much bigger companies yeah wow so explain to me so when you were you're working you're employed 
And I know because this is something that comes up a lot with our bookkeepers. Lots of the people in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club are doing the bookkeeping as a bit of a side hustle because they have got a job and they've retrained. So you were working in finance, which great as a tick, but to leave a job and set up and get clients, did you know what your niche was at that point? Did you have (laughs) contacts? No. So how Um, did you go about getting your first couple of clients? Yeah, I think in hindsight, if I'd been doing it sensibly, I would absolutely not have left a job with nothing lined up. That is not, (laughs) that that is a stressful way of living. Um, So I, in the very beginning, um, I went to a couple of networking events the day I started um, and was really lucky enough to get in with some people who are quite well connected in like the local area. Uh, So that was quite, that was quite useful. So already my name was starting to get out a little bit from that. Um, my my very first client was actually someone from People Per Hour um, because yeah, I had this grand idea that I would start and somehow all these clients would just be there waiting for me. Um, and obviously the reality is a little bit different to that. Um, so I was applying for, for, for jobs on People Per Hour, happened to find someone who was local, who wanted someone on site. Um, so called them and this is all on the first day is like it is super lucky um called them and I still have I still have them now um but I think once I'd started I threw myself into networking quite a lot um and so I'm just outside of Cambridge um and the the Cambridge area is really really good for my niche for for creative um certainly freelancers so although I never set out to go into that niche I knew quite clearly the sort of person I wanted to work with and and also the sort of people I didn't want to work with and that kind of led me naturally to my niche I think and it, and certainly for the social ent- enterprises as well this, this area is really really good for that we have um, we have quite a few different incubators locally so so that was quite that was quite good but yeah I think for for me it was mainly networking and yeah because I was able to get in or get known by people who are well connected locally that then helped um and then that most of my business has come from word of mouth so yeah I think networking and building it up that way was was the main way I did it but I was also pretty fortunate I think that I was able to get some people pretty early on Well, give yourself some credit because you were ready to take them on as well. So, you know, that I think for a lot of people, that's a stumbling block. Like there's kind of the work and people aren't always like don't feel ready to take it on. So, yeah, well done. Um, then, so networking's helped a lot and you're getting a lot of work from word of mouth. Something you mentioned when we were doing our call last week, we have so we have a monthly Q&A call for our course members. And Emma mentioned that you mentioned that you've taken on 25 yeah, clients in yeah. lockdown. That's amazing. Um, how how has that happened? Like without networking, I guess that those people haven't come to you through networking. Like, Mostly not. How's that no. business? Uh, how so you found them? A lot of it is panic. Um, so at the at the very beginning of, of lockdown, um, because of the type of clients that I have, a lot of them are quite focused on in person events um, or they work but because they're freelancers they're working with other businesses who all of a sudden just cut everything off and because of that I I estimated I would probably lose about three quarters of them 
I thought like if if it's all going to go wrong, that it'll it'll be about three quarters. So needed to do something pretty quickly with it. Um, again, quite luckily, one of my clients is um, they're a membership group for freelancers as well, um, and they were running they were running quite a few events um, and things around um, around COVID and the support that there was so I was able to do a, a video with them so that that helped a little um, I jumped quite a bit into um, Instagram so Instagram's my main I don't do a whole lot of marketing but that's my main bit that I do um, so threw myself into that quite a bit um, so yeah it's Instagram and then working with that client who is obviously well connected with other freelancers that that really helped um, in just commenting a lot. So although I wasn't doing in-person networking, um, most of my networking anyway was online, even beforehand. Uh, so continued with that and then just continued um, commenting on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere I could. Not from a, I'm not salesy, so, so not not salesy those messages were, but they, they, they were more, oh, do you know about this? And just signposting people to the right places. Um, and I was also updating, I created a kind of like a little COVID support document uh, that I put on my website and I was updating that because at the very beginning, things were changing like every half hour it felt like, wasn't it? Um, so I was updating that regularly um, and that was being shared by quite a few people. And because I was um, contacting my existing clients to say, this is what's happening. This is the support you can have. I found that they, I didn't ask them to, but I found that they were sharing that wider as well. So quite, I got quite a few new clients from then. Um, and then, yeah, since then, it, it's mostly been um, Instagram. And I, I ran a few training sessions as well with different, with different places. But it so, was definite panic. <laughs> yeah. So then what I'm hearing, as your coach, Emma, that you mentioned that there was panic mm. and that you were lucky. And from what I'm hearing was that you are just really good at what you do. And you should like the fact that you were out there updating your website, giving information, signposting, letting people know how to access things. That isn't luck. You're just and the training and everything. And the fact that you have that you could be in you could know this guy that had this membership site but if you were rubbish he wouldn't be recommending That's you true. so yeah. word of mouth comes from the fact that you're amazing at what you do and the amount of content that you're putting out there that's not luck that you've got 25 clients you worked and you did a great job and you helped people and um, I think you should be really proud of yourself for that <laughs> and uh, stop putting it down to luck because I don't think luck had much to do with I it. I think there was a little bit of luck. I was definitely in the right place at the right time for a lot of things but yes there, there, there was all there was also an awful lot of work. Awful that, lot of that work. Went into it. So um, what I'm interested to know is that taking on that amount of clients, new clients to your, to your practice and the fact that you are on your own. I know you have one subby that does a little bit for you but you mainly are on your own how do you get the work done achieved and like and you actually deliver on time without over promising and under delivering you are obviously delivering on your promises to these clients how do you manage to do that and what like give us some top tips for us really busy bookkeepers what are, what are you doing so I, I automate a lot um 
it was in my bio, I am inherently lazy. So I, I will not do more than I need to for anything. Um, so a, a lot of stuff is, is automated. Um, I send, I have online forms for people to, to submit all of their information to me. Um, I worked quite a bit on onboarding over the summer. Uh, so that is pretty fairly sleek now. Um, yes, yeah, so every, everything's everything is automated. And I also, and this is something I used to do or learn from a previous job. I don't touch things more than I need to. So if there, if there's a job that needs to be done, I'll touch it once ideally so I'm not I don't have paperwork anyway but I'm not touching paperwork and moving it from here to there and, and doing little bits and pieces I try to concentrate on that job to completion obviously that's not always possible but try to do that so you're not constantly touching the same the same bits of work and the same clients all the time um, and I've got most of my clients pretty well trained I think um, so that yeah I, I do get the information from them on time it's rare that I'm waiting for something um, and I think a lot of that is down to making it easy for them to give me stuff um, and that yeah part of that comes from the automation side of it as well. In terms of training your clients then so we've I don't know we might have just had payroll and 31st of July VAT returns and stuff and um, I know what it's like like when every, people don't send things into you when you need them how have you trained them? Have you ha had to sort of go through things being up against deadlines in order to be able to say, well, look, the reason this has happened is because we're doing it too late and actually I need this on this day? Or is it from day one when you first start working with your clients? Do you set expectations about what you do and what they do? I'd say it's day one and it's probably day like minus five. So I, I that's what I cover on the intro call as well. So I'm I'm going to say lucky again, Joe. I, I'm in a, a lucky, I'm in a fortunate position that I can be really picky with who I work with. Um, and when I'm on intro calls with people, I'm interviewing them as much as they're checking me out. And th that that is definitely what I cover in there. I'm very clear about how I work. How I work is not going to be for everyone. That's absolutely fine. Um, but by going any further with the intro call and accepting the proposal, they are accepting how I work, and they're they're accepting that that is how we will work together. Um, and then that's reiterated in the onboarding and right throughout. So I, I think one of the reasons why people give me stuff on time is that I make it really clear to them why I need it. So it's not just send me all of these documents it's, if you don't send me these receipts we can't claim the VAT back if we can't claim the VAT back then you're spending money that you can't get back and you're wasting everything um, so trying to be quite clear with that and then yeah it's reiterated quite frequently um, I have even with all of that I do still have people who push things quite late um, they'll only do that once if if we're then late the next quarter we have a conversation and generally they go or I say this is it like you need to start working how I want to work um but yeah I think just being open with them but also also not being scared and again it's very easy to say is when you when you're at capacity and you've got you've got enough clients but not being scared to get rid of people who don't work how you want to is quite important or has been quite important for me anyway yeah. 
I absolutely love what you said there about explaining to clients the why, not just saying what you need, but explain why you need it. I think we are all very, um, we know why we need it, but sometimes people don't understand the importance and they don't like they don't join join the dots. And if you do that at the beginning of the relationship, it just I, I just think it's it's so invaluable. And the, like you're building um, a great relationship where you're not just being bossy. You're just saying like you're you're kind of you're coaching them and explaining to them so they understand the reasons why. So what I'm desperate to know, what is your app stack and where are you automating? Like, are you zapping? Because I've heard hear people that are zapping all the time with Zapier. Oh, we've moved on from Zapier now. See that? Right. Okay, Emma, I'm going to shush and I want you to talk. <laughs> okay, so, right, I'll start from the very beginning. So most people will contact me in make first contact in some way through the website so that is either through the contact form uh, or they just go ahead and book a call so I use Calendly to do all of my calls so I'm not having any of this back and forth so can you do it next Tuesday it it doesn't work so they, they can just book the call on there when they book that intro call, so I use Integromat rather than Zapier. It's basically the same thing. Um, when they book a call through the website, through Calendly, that with Integ that talks to Integromat to create a card in Trello to tell me what, what I've got in my pipeline. So I have my pipeline stuff in Trello. Um, it also lets me know in Slack that I've got someone who I need to reply to. So that's all the call sorted them. Once we then had the call um, and they, they want to go ahead. So I have um, pricing software-y stuff that I um, sorted. They We go through that on the call. So I guess it's a kind of a knockoff goal proposal, I suppose. <laughs> um, so we, we go through that on the call. Um, that once they're happy with that at the end of the call I um so my website isn't on Wix or Squarespace or anything like that it, it's it's a it's a hand-coded website which makes it a bit it's great but it also makes it a bit tricky to integrate with anything so there um me and my husband worked on something in Python, the programming language, that takes the information from the pricing software and then creates the letter of engagement on that. And it also creates the subscription in Stripe. So I get all of my clients to pay me on a monthly subscription through Stripe. So they they then get the, the PDF electronically with a link to sign up. So that and I'd say that's that's fairly. I mean, it could be sleeker, but it, that that's fairly sleek for for onboarding. Um, and there's also a. I sent them a email that has links. So I use Airtable for my online forms, and I use that for AML. Um, any information. So if they're self-assessment clients, then they can upload a copy of their last year's tax return, and then again using Integromat that sends me a Slack message to tell me what I need to do. So 
I guess that is that automation side of it. And then from the actual work, um, I'm pure zero. So that, that, that that's all I that's all I use. Um, and I have Receipt Bank attached to that. Um, most of my clients upload their own documents to Receipt Bank. I have one or two um, slightly legacy clients who upload to Dropbox. And then we have Receipt Bank linked to Dropbox and that way. But yeah, I don't touch any paper. So they're, they're all doing that. Um, so is that all I use? Yeah, so I'd say Zero, Receipt Bank, Integromat, Airtable and Slack. Amazing. I think um, it's really, I mean, I I think having these systems like really defined and being like clear, like this is the way I want to work and that this is the way my clients are going to work and it's the only way <laughs> that's really helpful isn't it and just sort of setting expectations and everyone knows what they need to do and I'm not expecting I know that you've got a kind of coding more you're really interested in tech and your husband's a, a software developer isn't he so you're gonna have a bit of a head start and an edge and you are able to build yes. your own because it's yes. your own pricing software you've built isn't it um but and I know like that won't no. be for every bookkeeper who's listening to this but there are similar things that people can do using software and programs that are out there. It's just you've been yeah. able to make your own even from like quite one. a basic thing, and probably the, the one app that I use all of the time is text, text expander software. So I use Type It For Me because I'm on a Mac, but there's one called, I think it is actually just called Text Expander. And how that works, it's kind of like little snippets. So, for example, if I type in MTX, for example, that will automatically convert that into many thanks, Emma, when I'm typing emails. And like it sounds so silly to say that saves you so much time in the day. But if you think about how many emails that you're sending that are basically the same, um, that is really useful in, in it. That sort of software is really cheap. Uh, it's really easy to use. And I use it for so VAT returns, for example. Um, I have a standard email that's within that snippet software. And all I need to do is go through, plonk in the client's name, put in the amount, and then it does everything else. And that, that that's really useful to clients because it means that I'm not forgetting to give them the link to where they need to pay and all of this sort of stuff. Um, but I'm also not having to manually type that out either. And doing manually doing it is fine when you've got a handful of clients. But once you start getting, I'd say even like 20, and more than 20, you definitely definitely need to be finding the little bits of time where you can. So say, yeah, like I'm certainly not expecting everyone to start going off and coding stuff. Um, that's just ridiculous. But things like text expander stuff is just so quick and simple. And it yeah. will save hours or even um like what you said about having like a template email so that's something i yeah. definitely do if you find you're going through the same processes all the time you're sending back returns for review mm. and you know you're going to say i need some paperwork for this this and this or this is what you need to pay and by what the same with like the self-assessments if you know you always say the same thing i've attached this and this it's almost like a mental reminder for you to do those things yeah. but if you can just copy and paste it and you have like a blank where you need to fill in a gap that's going to help you. You don't have to rewrite it every time. Um, I did before I, uh, when I was running the bookkeeping practice, when I didn't have, a, I wasn't using Go Proposal or Practice Ignition, but I knew what I needed to start up and I would just have the same 
text that I could copy and paste for every new engagement to just make sure I always ask for the same things. So yeah, good time savers. But I need to look at this text expander. Good idea. Yeah, so it's, it's super cheap, but yeah, it, it saves a ridiculous amount of time for what it is. So what's your next steps in your practice now that you're, so you're at capacity, yeah. you think, and you know, and you're on your own with one subby, what, where are you going to go from here? I'm not entirely certain. Um, what I would like, so the, the main thing for me is flexibility and being non-location specific. So I, I work remote. So in theory, I can just pick up a laptop and go wherever. And that works fine. But the business still needs me to be there because I'm the one doing the work. And that it, wherever there might be, whether it's like here in my office or on a beach in the Bahamas or whatever, I still need to be present. And what I would really like to do is move away from that a bit. Um, so my plan at the moment is to bring in more subcontractors. I would like to employ at some point, having always said I wouldn't. Um, but I think, I think being able to employ almost at trainee level would be quite nice and giving someone that opportunity to to, to learn how, how things work in a small practice would be quite nice. Um, and I, I do want to grow the practice quite a bit. Um, realistically, to do that, I'm going to need to change my ideal client. Um, so over the next over the next quarter or so, that's the main focus is getting more subbies in, uh, getting the processes really good so they can just pick those up and run with them, um, and then working out who that next type of client is. Because um, yeah, at the moment I'm relatively low cost and high volume, and would quite like to change that a bit. Because if I'm going to take more of a managerial role. I'd quite like to do that with fewer clients than, um, and I would also really like to get into advisory as well. So I do a little bit at the moment, um, but I'd quite like to make that a bit more of a focus because I think when I was looking at what I enjoy, so I really like self-assessments, but I also really like talking to people about their business um, and advisory seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, that. absolutely. So you joined our April cohort mm -hmm. of uh, the Bookkeeper's Success program, and what what have you found um, to be useful? Because you are quite, you know, uh, and what we find is that in the group there's a real range that have joined the course. We've got people that are still working and that are thinking of becoming, you know, have setting up a practice, and then we've got people like yourselves that are well, you know, established and have it. So, kind of, what made you decide to go onto it, and and what have you found helpful? I wanted a push, I think, um, because it's, a, it's four years now. Um, when I first started, the aim was just to be able to cover rent, basically, just to survive, and I, I ticked all the boxes that I'd set out for success quite early on and have then almost just stagnated kind of really um, and whilst I enjoy what I do I also do want to get somewhere else but because I'm at or over capacity I'm not going to do that on my own so I, I needed and wanted that push to get 
somewhere else. And I think because I want to build a team and I want that team to be remote, I don't know how to do that. I know how to manage a team, but I know how to manage a team that I can see right in front of me, not one that's dotted around all over the place. And yeah, I, I wanted to be able to build to use other people's experience, I guess, and knowledge to to help me work out how to do that in a way that works for me. And I think when you look at, because there are all sorts of coaches and everything out there. And I think when you look at other people, particularly in our industry, even now, there seems to be quite a focus on the more traditional practices. And I'm not, I'm not really that traditional and I don't want to be. So yeah, I I don't want to have that team around me with an office on the high street. That that's just not what I'm interested in. And because I do want to automate as much as I can, I I love playing with new software. That's what I want to do. So yeah, I, th- I thought this course would be quite a good fit for me because of who you and Zoe are, and also the other people that I thought might join. Um, and yeah, it, it was more motivation and that push. to to get onto the next level because yeah I'm just not going to do that on my own coming back to I'm really lazy so (laughs) I'm not I'm not going to push myself for it well it seems to be working as you took on 25 (laughs) clients in lockdown and uh, you only started in April with us and uh, we and uh, and we love hearing you know in the Q&A's we get to understand so much more about where everyone's their starting points and their progression and um, and I know as much as you get out of it, so many others get out from listening to you. And it really does. When we all get on these calls, we're very much like excited to find out what has happened in the last month. Because last time we left you, you were about to do this and you were about to do that. And um, and I, I just think it's it's actually invaluable to have people around you that understand where you're at or understand um that it's it, this is not easy this business is is not easy and we all put ourselves um, I find especially like with you then like you you keep saying it you know that you're lazy and that you're lucky no, and that really. like uh, yeah everybody yeah but actually you're not you're not lazy you're just really intuitive and clever and actually like why would you want to do things the long way around and the fact you say it with such like well I'm just going to do I'm just going to find the shortcut and if I can't find one I'm going to make it like that's <laughs> it's just amazing so we I think for me and Zoe we are learning so much from everyone in the group as well because everyone brings something so different and from a different angle so thank you for being one of our very valued members um we really appreciate it and um what could you is there anything you would like to like could say to anyone that's thinking about joining our course what would you say has been something that like part of the course that you've enjoyed and um you think other people would enjoy um i think the the idea the work on the ideal client has been quite useful um because although when i started as a before i had an idea of who i didn't want to work with and the way i didn't want to work i also just fell into the niche i've got and I enjoy it, but it it was very much not a decision I made. Um, So I think working through that and being a bit more, and and I still want to work with that type of client, but being a bit more intentional 
about it and working out so when I first started I didn't do any of the or oh, what are their pain points where will they be I didn't do any of that sort of stuff and going back and looking at that in more detail and as they're being more intentional about it the actual decision isn't changing but I now know I can now back it up I guess I, I now know why I want to work with those people and that is definitely going to help me and I've been doing a bit with looking at the new type of ideal client so I've been using that for that as well and looking at what what is the same what do I still want to maintain what do I want to to continue with so that has been quite useful um and I think the the building a team as well obviously is quite useful for me because that's what I want to do but I think Obviously, the, the, the course is great, but I also think it's really good having the group as well. And that has been quite a big value to me, I think. Um, yeah, so I'd say the, the ideal client, the pricing and just everyone in the group. Oh, um, well, I'm really pleased it's been helpful. And, and, you know, knowing that you've come in because you need the support with finding the right clients and the team building and you've been able to look in those things in detail and like start thinking about what that's going to look like for you in the future I'm really pleased to hear it and I think one of the reasons Joe and I set this up is because we felt like there wasn't a community for bookkeepers who wanted to focus on business development there are lots of bookkeepers groups out there but they're yet generally a focus more on the sort of technical side of things or they're run by professional bodies and we wanted to be the sort of independent uh, group where people could come together and like support each other. So um, I'm pleased that you're yeah, getting a lot of value from that. Yay. <laughs> um, the, so the reason we came on today, and I think maybe just a nice place to wrap up, um, we wanted to just talk about how we can kind of train our clients, if that's a sort of fair thing to say. Um, and we've spoken about that a bit, and it sounds like you're really good at getting people to sort of fill in the forms you need and provide the information you need um, using software and Airtable and uh, different forms that work for you. What are your top tips? If there are bookkeepers listening to this now who've ha who are having a nightmare getting clients to send them what they need so they can get VAT returns across the line, or um, what would you suggest? What one thing can they do that's going to help them? I think being really open with why you need it. So clients don't know anything and they're not supposed to. This isn't what they do. We know it really, really well. And I think we can sometimes get quite frustrated. Oh, well, it's obvious that we need this receipt because the fact returns to you next week. But your client has got no idea. Like that, If the deadline is even anywhere in their subconscious, they don't care about it because that's not what they do. They're busy doing graphic design or building or whatever it is. So I think being quite clear why things are important and that it isn't just you being bossy or wanting paper or anything, it's actually going to help them. I think that's that's the main thing that will definitely help. All the tech and everything else can come later on. But if your client doesn't know why you need it and why you need it yesterday, they're not going to give it to you because it's not important to them. And I think even if something is very obvious to you, it isn't obvious to them. So treat them as though they don't know anything because they don't. And if you if you go from there, I think that will be a lot easier and will also stop you being as frustrated. And I think that's also quite a big problem to you because when you're frustrated, you end up getting a little bit more bossy with them and, and it almost becomes a bit of a standoff um but yeah I think if you're just really open about why you need it then that that will be a, 
a massive help is that everything else like tech can come later fantastic thank you you have helped us i think you've added so much value to everyone who's been listening today thank you emma amazing love that and thank you for coming on at short notice it's been so lovely to speak to a fellow bookkeeper who is just you're so inspirational and um you're doing a fantastic job so yeah thank you so much do you you want to tell everybody where they can connect with you and how they can find out more about you yeah so my website is the number dot ninja um i am on instagram although i have not been on there for a little while uh the the underscore number underscore ninja very snappy um (laughs) and i'm also in the groups as well so um i'm always willing and happy to talk tech and automation with people so if you've ever got any questions just let me know and i will talk at you for half an hour amazing thank you that's a really generous offer um so that's a good offer isn't it come and join us in the six figure (laughs) bookkeepers club to uh pick emma's brains and um and we will see you all next week for another podcast thanks so much bye don't forget to join us every week on the bookkeepers podcast with topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook group the six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com